some two weeks ago, I remember that um, the Lord gave us a message based on what he has told us he would do in 2021, our year of glorious emergence. And the message was titled, Changed from Glory to Glory. In that message, we identified that we were born, that is if you are born again, we were born glorified. And that was a very important point to note because until you appreciate that revelation and understanding, you haven't begun the Christian journey yet. For whom he did foreknow, we identified that he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that his son might be the firstborn amongst many brethren, whom he predestined, he called. He is not talking about the one who is called into ministry. He's talking about the one who is called from the world into Christ. There are two categories of people, those who are in the world and those who are in Christ. And those who have responded to the call and are in Christ, he justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. Not he will glorify. We were born glorified on the inside, which our minds are not yet acquainted with. Our minds need to be renewed to appreciate that reality. And then the following week, which was 30th of May, the last Sunday in May, I zeroed in on one example of this change from glory to glory and I titled it our exalted position in Christ and then we looked at Ephesians 1 3 you know Ephesians 2 that talks about the fact that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ not that we're going to be blessed we've been blessed already to be blessed means to be endowed with so as far as our equipment or our endowment or our ability what God would want you and me to accomplish in this life is concerned is already endowed us with once you are born again so the question that arose from these two teachings was that if that is the case how are we not experiencing that glory experiencing that glory I mean how and why are we not seeing the manifestation, the physical manifestation of this change in our individual lives or even in our lives as a body? Why are we still being dominated by things we say we have been exalted far above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and any name that can be named not only in this world but also in the world to come? So it was based on this question that we said we will answer in today's service and then the Lord gave me the title the, I mean, the title I, I, I meditated on what should be the title because I have thought actually on this subject before but suffice it to say that the title the Lord gave me was growth is non-negotiable can you tell your neighbor growth or let's say the Christian growth your spiritual growth is non-negotiable. Non-negotiable is an English word. And those who 
uh, English scholars can even explain it better. But I found from the dictionary that we say something is non-negotiable when we say that thing cannot be changed by discussion. Our growth is non-negotiable because you cannot go to God and say, but God, I am your child. You say, I am an heir and even a joint heir with Christ. But why are things not changing? Why are things not working for me? Why are things so difficult for me? God is saying that it's not going to happen because you are his heir or you are born into his kingdom. He wants you and me to grow in certain areas. And today, I will just look at two specific areas that actually summarize our spiritual growth. Hallelujah. But suffice it to say that let's go to Galatians 4 to begin with. Growth is non-negotiable. That means that it cannot be changed by discussion until we fulfill a certain requirement in God. As far as growth is concerned, nothing will change. Galatians 4 verses 1 and 2 and I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Apostle Paul writing says, Now I say that the heir who is an heir? One who inherits a father or a guardian. One who is the next king as it were. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, and kindly take note of that phrase, as long as, because that has to do with time. It's a function of time. As long as, it's not the same as if he is a child. If he's a child, means that one day he will grow. If he's a child, means that now he's a child, but on condition that he grows, something will change. But growth is not automatic. I have taught that message before. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. I like the New King James rendering of that word. The King James says from a servant, but the right word is slave. Though he is master of all, the King James says he is lord of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Hallelujah. The word translated child in this verse is not the same word translated as, you know, we are, son, we are children of God. Behold, you know, what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the sons of God. The Greek word is technon. Technon means one who is born legitimately. One who is born in verity. But the word translated here is not taken on. We, he's not referring to somebody who has been born of God. He is talking about an infant 
the Greek word here is nepios. A nepio is an infant who is still feeding on milk. An infant who cannot talk well. An infant who doesn't know his or her rights. An infant who still needs to be spoon-fed. That is why he said in the verse 2 that but it's under guardians and stewards. He is under authorities who will guard him and guide him and bring him up to the place of growth and maturity. Please, can you hear what God is telling you and me here? Do you know in Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, he, he actually mentions that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So, if you are born again, you have inherited God. All that is God's belongs to Christ. A joint heir simply means that all that belongs to Christ is 100% his and 100% mine. Can you say that to yourself? All that belongs to Christ is 100% his and 100% mine. That is who a joint heir is. We are, we are, oh my God, can you imagine? Joint heir with Christ. But he's saying that now I say to you, you see, Apostle Paul spoke to the Romans about we being heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. But this same heir of God, this same joint heir with Christ, as long as, the question is, how long can that be? And the answer will be, it depends on you. It depends on me. Spiritual growth has no mathematical calculation. It's not a question of first come, first serve. You cannot say that, oh, I was in Christ before this brother came, so therefore, I am spiritually mature than him. It's a lie. It depends on the individual pursuit of God. And the willingness and the drive, the passion to grow in two areas, I am going to show you very soon. Hallelujah. But let me dwell on as long as, because I don't know how long you have been in Christ. Sometimes you hear how we boast. I've been in Christ since this number of years I've been. But you know that those who measure themselves among themselves and compare themselves with others, the Bible says they are not wise. Because it's only God, when we appear before him, who can weigh the value and the magnitude of the years you have been in Christ and what you have accomplished. Even if, even if, let's say, you have done so big a thing, it may be that God, when God compares that big thing with the capacity in you, the you in you, what he has made you up of, if he compares, you realize that it's nothing. So God does not compare you with me. Neither does he compare me with another person. He compares you with yourself. He measures your achievement based on what he has called you to do and to be. So if you are looking at Christian growth based on, oh, I, I do this better than this, I do this better than this, you will be wrong. I won't say you may, you will be wrong. And it's only God who can measure the quality of our growth and the magnitude 
of our input in Christ. The heir, as long as he is in the pews, as long as he is feeding on milk, as far as long as he is an infant, still striving. Look at the he said that he is not different. The King James says that does not differ. Okay, or this is the new King James. Differeth not. That's the King James. He does not differ from a slave. And the question is, who is a slave? Are you aware that a slave doesn't have a choice? In case you have read about the slave trade, you will discover that a king could just assemble his subjects and decide that today, all of you, I'm selling you into slavery. And the slave has no choice than to submit because the king has spoken. Slaves depicted here has to do with somebody in chains. And in life, please listen to this, in life you are either in chains or you are in charge. That is why he says that as, as long as he's a child, does not differ from a slave, though he is master of all, though he is lord of all. Lord or master here means one who is in charge. In other words, we were born to be in charge. We were born to have control over the elements of this life. Maybe, ultimately, when we shall put on our glorified bodies, and then we are in the world to come. That is when you appreciate that the sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies, they are all subject to us. After all, we saw Joshua demonstrating it. He spoke to the sun. That stay until I finish my battle. Don't move. And the sun obeyed. Didn't we see a man like Elijah? The Bible says that he was a man with like passions like as we are. And he prayed endlessly that it might not rain. And it did not rain for a period of three and a half years. And he prayed again and it rained. One man. Can you imagine? Maybe you are waiting for us to arrive in our glorified state. Then you appreciate that we have control over the circumstances of life. But if you choose to remain an infant, and that is where my responsibility is, comes in and your responsibility comes in. It's a personal decision. No wonder he told us in Philippians 2.12 that what? Work out. Do what? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Especially when you get to know that this is what God has called you to do. Listen, let's say somebody is born a prince. At the age of five, he is master of all. That is the only son of a big king. I won't mention any king in this world. And then everything that belongs to the king belongs to this prince. But as long as he is an infant, a five-year-old boy, will the, will the king offer him keys to certain treasuries? Will he give him his Mercedes-Benz key or a, maybe an, an, a better vehicle that go and drive it or maybe a, a private jet? That's better because these are toddlers drive vehicles. Even jets, thoughtless, know some things that you don't know. Are you there? But the, pre, the king will not offer certain office to this child, though he is born lord of all. He is the prince. But he will have to be under tutors. 
and governors. He has to be under guardians, that's the King James, tutors and governors. Here the New King James says he is under what? Uh, guardians and stewards. He has to be guided. That's why we come to church, to be guided by the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers God gives to his body. So that we can grow very fast because growth is non-negotiable. God says that if you do not grow, you cannot handle what he has endowed you with. If you do not grow as long as, let me not use the word if. As long as you remain an infant, he says that though you are endowed with grace, you are endowed with all that you will be and all that you have, you still will not be able to achieve it. So that is where my responsibility comes in and your responsibility comes in. So moving forward in 2021, from June until this clo the close of the year, kindly work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody will ask, growth, where? Let me show you in 2 Peter chapter 3. Apostle Peter was a wonderful man. You have no idea. And he made a very powerful statement. The last statement we ever heard from Apostle Peter is where I'm, I'm going to. 2 Peter chapter 3. I appreciate this man because I think that of all that he said in his epistles, especially the last chapter, in the last chapter, chapter 3, he started talking about some people who are misinterpreting scripture. He made reference to our beloved brother, Apostle Paul, who had been given a certain wisdom, so great a wisdom that those who are unlearned wrestle with such knowledge, just as they do other scriptures. So even though Apostle Paul was alive, at that time, Apostle Peter referred to his writings as scripture. Are you there? And then he even said that Apostle Paul had taught some things that are difficult, hard to understand. <laughs> then finally, he came to verse 17 and 18. After all said and done, I believe he was coming from a personal experience. This time around, not the, the Peter who was erratic. Not the Peter who was today a rock and then the next moment he was a reed Simon means reed I hope you know reed like a leaf that can be shaken in the wind but Jesus Christ saw in this man that although your name is a reed and you can be a reed that it was your destiny but I can see a rock in you and upon this rock I will build my church I don't know whether there is anybody who has obtained grace like this man because this was a man when it mattered most Three people walked to him, including a baby girl. And they were like, ah, you look like the Galileans. In fact, even your speech betrays you. Three times, the Bible says, Apostle Peter said, me, I don't know what you're talking about. He denied the Christ. And the third time, the Bible said, he even began to curse. So if he is telling you and me, this instruction, take him seriously because he knows that it's only grace that brought him into the kingdom again. In 17 and 18 of 2 Peter chapter 3, he said, You therefore, beloved, since you know 
this beforehand. Beware, lest you also fail from your other what is fall rather fall i'm sorry fall from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked verse 18 can you give me yeah thank you i'm grateful thank you yes i'm grateful verse 18 says but grow we are looking at two areas God requires you and me to grow but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ look at what he added to him be the glory both now and forever somebody say amen oh what a wonderful man when we meet in heaven I think you should go and look for this man I'm telling you this was coming from a big experience he knew what he was talking about see after all said and done the only thing that can make a difference in my life and in your life first and foremost is grace someone say grace you have no idea what we have been called into no wonder John exclaimed in 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 and said, Behold, what manner of love is this that has been bestowed upon us that we, just look at this and say we, me, 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 should be called the sons of God. We, a son of God simply means God in human body. Did you hear that? A son of God means what? God in human body. And that's who you are. But as long as you remain an appeals, an infant, and you do not know these things, in Psalm 82, he said, I have said, ye are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High, but because you don't know, you will die like ordinary men. There is an advantage God wants us to take off. The first is grace. Someone say grace. Grow in grace. Why grace? I'll tell you, people of God. In John 1.17, John wrote and said, The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What did I say? The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. If there was anybody who appreciated the difference between grace and the law, I believe it was this man, Apostle Peter. Because I have... I have mentioned it in one of my messages before that this man even after God had shown him that don't call unclean that which God has cleansed he was still struggling with the mentality of this is a Jew this is a Gentile it was a battle this is long after he had become apostle to the extent that one day he was eating with some Gentiles and he was comfortable. Apostle Paul happened to be around. And then, Apostle Peter saw that some Jews were coming around. Immediately, he washed his hands and quickly withdrew himself. And then, you know, wanted to look like, I don't have anything to do with the Gentiles, so don't come and condemn me. 
Apostle Paul looked at it and said, my brother, what are you doing? Are you saying that eating with the Gentiles is a sin? But I'm an apostle called to the Gentiles. And in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. So what are you talking about? It was a struggle. He could not differentiate between the law and grace. He was a strict law-abiding Jew. Said that it took a long time for him to renew his mind. But finally, here we find the man saying, Grow! in grace because the law came by Moses was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ please until you know the difference you will be amazed how you will struggle in your Christian growth until you know that we've got to grow in grace look at somebody like Apostle Paul when he was leaving the church of Ephesus he had been with them for three years he told them, he also said the same thing. He said, you're not going to see my face again as I depart from here. It takes a hard pastor to say that kind of thing. Is that not so? A choleric for that matter. <laughs> said that you are not going to see my face again. I mean, Bible said they wept on his shoulders. Not because he was going, but for, them, for him to tell them that you are not going to be with, I mean, you're not going to see my face again. After being with a church for three years and you give them that kind of message, you think it's fair? But he ended by saying in Acts 20 verse 32, he says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. That is the saints. We are the saints. We are the called out ones, called from the world into Christ. But you are not going to be built up all by yourself. It takes the word of God and the word of his grace for that matter. Which if you do not know, you can confuse the two. No wonder he told somebody like Timothy, the same apostle Paul, he told him in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, Steady to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does that mean? It means the word of truth can also be wrongly divided. What is the word of truth? He was saying that the phrase rightly dividing means separate the word of truth, the word of his grace from the word of his law. You see, the scriptures, until, until they started traveling and ministering from place to place and started writing letters, we didn't have the New Testament. Until Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John gave the account of the traveling, you know, journeys and the ministry of Jesus. We didn't have the New Testament until Dr. Luke recorded all the accounts of the apostles in the book of Acts. We didn't have the New Testament until John the Revelator wrote the book of Revelation. We didn't have the New Testament. So the, 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 the scriptures had to do with the Old Testament. That was the law. And then, Apostle Paul honestly was good at it. That was the grace given to him. No wonder Apostle Peter commended him that because of the kind of wisdom that is given him, even it's hard to understand some things. Because he could study and separate the word of his grace from the word of his law. He could tell that this is for grace. This is under the law. And you must know the difference. Other than that, you may be in Christ and still going by the word of his law and that can put you in bondage. The heir, as long as he is an abuse, he is an infant 
and he cannot tell the difference between law and grace and is tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine it's not different from a slave though he is master of all please are you there study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that does not need to be ashamed rightly separating the word of truth now truth is reality remember I said in John 1 17 he said the law was given by Moses but grace and truth what does that mean the law was a shadow of the real grace and truth means grace and reality and let's what you need a shadow for when you have the real an example is marriage marriage is a shadow in, even now both under the old covenant and then in Christ Jesus marriage is a shadow of the relationship between Christ and his church so ultimately when Christ shall come and then the bride the body shall be reconciled to him and then we shall be together Bible says that we shall be like the angels not marrying again because what do you need a shadow for when you have the real are you are you there but there will still be natural people who will travel through the thousand year reign of Christ in the earth and some will enter into the world to come those natural people will still marry and so be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth just as God told Adam from the beginning so all I'm trying to say is that you've got to know the difference between a shadow and the real You've got to know the difference between grace and truth. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, you and me equally have access to the Father. Under the law, it has to take somebody to go before the Father for you. God is saying that grow past that element where you now assess God's knowledge for yourself. The next one is grow in grace and knowledge. And the Greek word there is epignosis. Epignosis is a deep word. It means the exact, accurate, complete, full knowledge of God. And not all of us have it. Some of us have partial knowledge. And partial knowledge is dangerous. In fact, it's more dangerous than even, you know, uh, outright error. Yeah. When you combine light and darkness when you combine grace and truth when you combine law and grace what i'm sorry when you combine grace and you know works where you have to earn your salvation but by grace we have been saved hallelujah i'm bringing my message to a close child of god growth is non-negotiable if we are ever going to achieve what we spoke about two weeks ago change from glory to glory if we are ever going to achieve what we spoke about last week our exalted position in Christ already we are please take note but I'm saying that for it to become a physical evident and evidence in our lives we've got to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ stand to your feet